Hello, and welcome to the Homeschool Sanity Show, your prescription for happier, healthier homeschooling. I'm your host, Dr. Melanie Wilson, Christian psychologist turned homeschooling mother of six. Let's get started. Hey, homeschoolers. If you have more than one child, or if your child has had conflict with another, you know this situation. Your child has said or done something to hurt someone, and your natural inclination is to tell the child to apologize. But what if she won't? Or what if he does, and everyone knows it's not genuine? What should you do? That's what I asked my guest, Lena Sutherland. You will love what she has to say. I know I did. Before I share the interview, I want to thank my sponsor for this episode, the Homeschool Moms Science Podcast. This new podcast is specifically geared toward helping homeschool moms teach and enjoy science. It's hosted by homeschool dad, scientist, and former college professor, Greg Landry. Topics include when to take which middle and high school science classes, why you should laser focus on the ACT and ditch the SAT, what they learned from finding and choosing colleges for their homeschooled daughters, how teaching science should differ for likely science major students and non-science students. Do you have a palmaris longus? What you should know about CLEP and AP, the unusual benefit of daily graphing, your science teaching questions answered, four science teaching mistakes and how to avoid them, and much more. Listen to this upbeat, encouraging, sometimes humorous podcast for homeschool moms, including the science story of Greg Landry meeting his wife. Search for Homeschool Moms Science Podcast on your podcast app or visit collegeprepscience.com slash podcast. Now to introduce my guest, Lena Sutherland. Lena is a homeschool mom of eight kids ages teen to toddler. She loves to encourage moms to take a heart-based, gospel-centered approach to parenting and sibling conflict resolution. Lena is the host of the Sibling Relationship Lab podcast and the creator of the Sibling Opposition Solution online course for parents and the Sibling Investigations devotionals for families. Lena, thank you so much for joining me here on the Homeschool Sanity Show. I want to begin by having you tell us a little bit more about you and your family. Sure. So thank you for having me, Melanie. It's always a delight to chat with you. Um, so I'm a homeschool mom. Uh, I was a I was a public school teacher before I had children, and um, always knew that I wanted to stay at home once the kids were born. So uh, when my oldest was born, um, just 15 years ago now, um, I was a full time stay at home mom. And um, actually, my parents had homeschooled me and each of my brothers at some point along the way. We were all kind of a mix of homeschool and public school. Um, I graduated as a homeschooler, and I pretty much had in mind that that's what I wanted to do when uh, my children were school-aged, and so that's what we've done from the beginning. Um, so this will be, we're getting ready to start our 11th year of homeschooling. My my oldest will be a 10th grader, um, and then along the way, we've had seven other children. Um, so we have, this year I'll have two high schoolers, a middle schooler, 
um, I'm losing track. Three elementary schoolers and two preschoolers? No, four elementary schoolers and a preschooler. Because the, <laughs> the seventh one is a kindergartner this year. So yeah, we have a whole range. We have like every level of schooling, plus we still have a almost three-year-old. Well, that's great. You're a homeschool publisher's dream, you know, to test out curriculum. You have it all, <laughs> right? <laughs> well, today we're going to... Yes, this is true, yes. <laughs> today we're going to talk about something you have to have experience with having eight children, but I am interested in knowing why are sibling relationships a particular interest of yours? Yeah, so... Um, Several years ago, I started, um, as you know, as many moms have done along the way, started blogging a little bit about our homeschool experience. And I, you know, I talked about the kinds of things that we usually talk about when we blog about homeschooling. I talked about the curriculum we were using in our schedule and, you know, activities that we would do and that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, I found that um, one of the things that's really true in, in homeschooling, and we've heard this, um, I'm sure you've, you know, other people have said this before, but um, homeschooling is kind of just like parenting intensified. So a lot of what's hard about homeschooling, you know, you would think it's like, oh, teaching long division, that must be the hardest thing. Or, you know, explaining the I don't know, the nervous system or something, but no, it's really, I mean, not that there's no academic challenges in homeschooling, but by and large, the heaviest and the hardest things really are just the same things that any mom deals with, um, but to a larger degree. And so certainly every family, I think as long as you have more than one kid, you're dealing with sibling conflict, right? So this isn't something that's unique to homeschoolers, but it's definitely something where, you know, when you're homeschooling, you are together a lot. And so just the opportunities to kind of bump up against each other and get in each other's space and bother each other and for each other's mistakes and flaws and personality quirks to kind of, um, you know, <laughs> cause those tensions and those uh, frictional dynamics, it, it just, just increases. And so I started writing more about the sibling thing, almost kind of as a part of our homeschooling journey. Um, but I think the thing that I really... Um, love about talking about homeschooling or rather about sibling relationships is that it's such a fabulous way to talk about and think about the gospel. I remember at one point, um, my pastor, um, the, the pastor I had as a child, as I was growing up, he said he used to love to preach, uh, do the children's address and to preach at weddings because it was a great way to get in these little nuggets of truth when the rest of the congregation didn't think you were talking to them, right? Like at the children's address, you're just talking to the kids. And in the uh, marriage sermon, supposedly you're talking to the married couple. But, you know, here you can say these things that are going to convey truth that everybody can hear and learn from. And so I feel like whenever I talk to parents about sibling relationships, and I'm talking about, you know, forgiving as we've been forgiven or extending grace because we know how much grace the Lord has extended to us. Like those ideas talk, speak to us on so many different levels. It's not just like, okay, the kids are fighting over this thing. How do I decide who gets it? But it's really examining those heart issues that are relevant to everyone. Um, and, you know, whether you're dealing with your children or whether you're dealing with your own relationships and actually, um, I found tons of good wisdom and good um, guidance and how to think about sibling relationships from marriage books, because I feel like, you know, they're not the same 
And obviously there are some special dynamics about a marriage that are not true of siblings. Um, but there is so much that's similar. You know, there's a, in a sense, there's kind of a lifelong uh, commitment there. Obviously siblings don't get to choose each other, but there's a, there's a longer term relationship than maybe just your friends in the neighborhood or whatever. And you are going to be living in the same space and sharing each other's stuff and kind of seeing the worst of each other. And so in a lot of the same ways that the gospel applies to our marriages, uh, it, it applies similarly to sibling relationships. And so I just, you know, the more I wrote about that and thought about that, the more I felt um, it, there were just these connections all over the place between what I'm thinking about, what I'm learning, what I'm struggling with in my heart, and then what I'm wanting to convey to my children about uh, how we love one another. Well, I love that. And I do agree. It is related to so many other issues that are very, very important to us as parents. But I know from being a parent of multiple children and talking to parents with more than one child that they are homeschooling that it really bothers us when our kids don't get along. When there is conflict, when there are hard feelings and, uh, you know, just disagreements and um, you know, even ugly behavior, mm -hmm. it, it bothers us so much. Why do you think it's such a painful thing in our yeah. families? That is a great question. And I think it's really important for moms even to ask that question because I think that um, sometimes we have, you know, it, it is very emotional, it is very upsetting, and we can often react based on that emotion. Um, and sometimes it helps us to step back and say, wow, why is that so upsetting to me? Why do I feel so, um, you know, uh, under pressure or whatever it is I'm feeling in those situations? And actually, um, you know, there's so much here that I could say. I actually have two whole podcast episodes on this. So I, I'm going to give a, like a little summary version, but if you want more thoughts on this, um, episodes 25 and 26 of the Sibling Relationship Lab. In episode 25, I talked about why it's so emotional. And then in episode 26, I talked about like, okay, so now we've touched on some of the emotional hot buttons. What do we do with that? How do we process that? But here's the summary version. First of all, you love your kids right? You care deeply about them, especially if you're homeschooling. And I'm not saying other moms don't, but I'm just saying, you know, if you're homeschooling, probably relationship and family dynamics were at least a part of why you chose to homeschool. You want to develop those strong family relationships. And, you know, homeschooling, it's no joke. It's hard work. It's really hard work. And so when we see those sibling conflicts, it's tempting to feel like all this work is for nothing. I thought I was doing this really hard thing for this really important reason. And now I feel like it's been wasted. Um, and I feel like, you know, I hear very frequently from moms who will say things like, I'm afraid that homeschooling is ruining our relationships. They will say, um, I'm just really worried that my kids are going to grow up and not talk to each other. Um, you know, we, we have an idea of doing things differently so that we can create something different for our children, something different than what we feel like we see out in the general culture. And so when our kids are fighting, it tempts us to feel like it's not working or this plan isn't having the fruit that I thought it would have. 
And then of course, you know, there are all of these messages, just, just kind of like the, the mom guilt that we struggle with, with all other kinds of things. You know, we're having these messages of like, this wouldn't be happening if I had done this right, or I must've missed some step in the parenting manual. It doesn't seem like other families have this much trouble. Um, but I think, you know, another kind of weird dynamic about the sibling conflict is, um, you know, no parent wants to watch their child being hurt or abused, right? And no parent wants to watch their child being cruel to someone else. And so congratulations, in sibling conflict, you get to see both at once. And oftentimes both of your children are both, you know, the aggressor and the victim all at one time. So it really is a hugely emotional issue. So many different emotional hot buttons being triggered all at one time. Mm. So true. I, I think you just described that perfectly, what we experience. Oh, especially the, you know, I have failed. I must have missed the um, part of the parenting handbook <laughs> that, that covers this topic and how to handle it perfectly. Right. Um, oh, so, so good. Well, when that conflict happens and one of our children hurts another with words or physical um, violence or actions that were unkind. I know I, as a mother, want the offending child to apologize sincerely right. for what he said or did. And I'm going to say he because I have mostly boys. <laughs> right. Um, but sometimes when they apologize, it seems very phony and it seems phony to the sibling who's been offended too. <laughs> sure. So has that ever happened to you? I bet it has with your kids. Uh, yes, very frequently. Um, as you know, I think in all homes and I think, you know, there are a variety of reasons why this happens. Um, I think, you know, first and foremost, it's just human nature. We don't like to admit that we're wrong. We don't like to publicly, um, you know, take responsibility or blame for something that was unpleasant. Um, and sometimes, you know, internally we're justifying ourselves and we're trying to pretend that we didn't do anything wrong. And sometimes, like, we've lost that battle, but we still don't want to admit it out loud to someone else. Um, but I think another piece and this is something that I thought a lot about, you know, as I kind of would watch my own children and talk with them about it. Um, another piece is that I think we miscommunicate to our children what an apology is or why they need to give an apology. So, you know, oftentimes it goes something like this. One child, say, hits another and you say, no, that's wrong. You don't hit your brother. You need to apologize. And we inadvertently convey, or maybe we're not really thinking clearly about what an, an apology is, but it comes across sounding like an apology is the punishment that you get for doing a bad thing. Like, um, you know, since you did this bad thing, now your consequence is being publicly humiliated. And, um, you know, it is costly. Apologizing costs something. It should cost something. If it costs nothing, it's probably not a sincere apology. So it's not to say that there's no um, you know, heaviness to it or no um, uncomfortableness to it. But I think what we really need to do is we need to, first of all, 
I, I tell parents they need to teach their children to apologize backwards. And I don't mean like turn around backwards and say you're sorry, but I mean like as we as the parents teach this concept to our children, teach it from teach it backwards, teach it from the end forwards. And what I mean by that is, you know, the goal of an apology is reconciliation and forgiveness. That's the end goal, right? So it's not, the apology is not the end in and of itself. It's not here's how you have to publicly humiliate yourself for what you did. It's look, we desire peace. We desire reconciliation with both God and the person we've offended. And the way to do that, the first step towards that freedom and that reconciliation and peace is to confess our sin, right? So the Bible says that if we confess our sin, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So there's this joyful and desirable end goal at the end of the apology. It's not just, well, you, you know, kind of emotionally turn out your pockets and turn over all your dignity and that's that. You know, it's, yes, it is humbling and an apology should be humbling. Um, it, it is a public act of, you know, humbling yourself and we are asking for forgiveness. We're not demanding it. So it, you know, it is a vulnerable thing to do. But the end goal is, you know, then that peace and restoration of fellowship. And so I think we have to talk to our kids about it like that and help them, you know, in the process um, of the apology to help them understand, you know, we're working towards a good thing here. And another thing that um, I've often talked to parents about is they'll say, well, you know, should I make my child apologize or not? And that I think it's funny because it's kind of this hotly debated issue. Um, and I feel like with most things in parenting, it's not either or, it's you're using wisdom. And, you know, so here are some principles that we should keep in mind. Should we require our children to apologize? Yes, and here's why. Jesus requires them to apologize. So we should call them to do what God calls them to do. You know, as God's representative in their lives, we should call them to obedience. Now, we also don't want to put our children in a temptation to learn to be excellent liars. And here's what I mean by that. If you, you know, if you kind of set it up this way, like, you know, this is your punishment. You just have to get these words out of your mouth and then you can be free and go play. Then you're essentially teaching your child to say words with his mouth that he does not mean with his heart. Right. And that's the form of lying. That's being deceptive. Um, now we can't always know our children's hearts, you know, and I'm sure that there are many times where my child has said, I'm sorry. And I'm like, I, I, I think he's sincere. I don't know. It's hard to tell, you know, maybe I'm wrong. Um, but what I will tell my children is if you're not ready to apologize, then just say that I'm not quite ready to say I'm sorry yet. And so what I say to them is, okay, that's fine. Because, you know, as a mom, my emotions can't be switched on and off like a light switch, right? If I am really burnt up about something, I can't just immediately um, not always immediately get control over my emotions and immediately start thinking in a godly way. Sometimes I need to cool off for a minute. Like Psalm four talks about that. Be angry and don't sin kind of chill out on your bed and talk to yourself in your heart. Right? So our kids need to do that. Not just as a, as a, you know, parenting technique, but this is a grown up skill, right? To learn how to say, I, I need to step away for a minute before I say something that then I'll have to apologize for that too. You know, so just say, I'm not ready to apologize yet. And then what I tell my kids is, okay, that's fine. You're allowed to say that. But then that means you have a task to do. 
you need to sit here and you need to, you know, think or pray or breathe or whatever you need to do to process those feelings and come to a place where you're ready to say sorry. Because if you say, I'm not ready to say sorry yet, and then you gleefully run off to go play, that's adding salt to a wound. You know, you're saying, I've hurt you, I don't care, and I can happily live my life without any remorse about what I've done. So, you know, if a child says, I'm not ready to apologize, it's not a free pass you know, back to playtime, it's okay, why don't you sit here on the sofa and, you know, let me know when you're ready to speak to your sister. And if it's been an especially emotionally tense situation, I might say, you know, I want you to talk to me first because I want to have a little bit of evidence that they're really ready before I kind of, um, you know, unleash them on the sibling who may be, you know, just kind of coming back for round two of being wounded if they're not really ready in their heart to be sincere. So it's not, you know, it's not this perfect flow chart where you do this and you do that and it all turns out perfectly. Um, but I think, you know, it's not this or that it's using wisdom. It's knowing your children. And, you know, I think we all know that some of our children are, are more tender hearted and do want to very quickly, you know, repair relationship damage others, not so tender hearted, you know, they might have a particular struggle in that area. So you know, just knowing the individual children and their particular challenges. Mm. So much wisdom that you shared there, Elena, and I really, really appreciate it. And I know that my listeners will appreciate that too. I find that all of us as parents are looking for this simple little magic trick (laughs) to use in our parenting, definitely with respect to um, sibling conflict. It's like, okay, give me the two person shirt that I'm going to put my kids in. (laughs) (laughs) And you know, that they'll have to figure it out and, or I'm just going to put them both in the bathroom until they come to some agreement. And you know, that's going to be my little policy, my little magic trick. And, um, I love that you are saying no, 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 that is not how we approach this. And certainly not how we approach asking one child to apologize to another. And with respect to that, one of the things that I have noticed, first of all, I have to just say though, that I love your recognition that it is potentially humiliating for a child to have to apologize. And that's what I wanted to address because I have found that my children seem to think that an apology at times seem to think that an apology is admitting I am a terrible person. Mm. I am so much different than the rest of the family, you know, in some awful way. (laughs) Mm -hmm. If I I admit, so it's not just apologize, but even admitting that they did something wrong. And it's because they have uh, an inappropriate view of what it means to sin. You know, that it's, it's, it's saying something about us that's just deep and dark and awful when the truth is we are all awful. <laughs> We're all awful. We're all capable of really terrible behavior and hurtful mm-hmm. behavior. And when one child acts out of that nature, out of that fleshly nature, there's nothing particularly unique about that. <laughs> you know, it's just par for the course. Yes. And 
And that is one of the things that I really try to communicate still to my adult children that, you know, when they do something that hurts a sibling, it doesn't mean that they're not redeemable. It just means, means that they're human. Yes. Um, yes. So I wanted to add that. And then I have another question for you. So I love what you're saying about giving a child a task who has hurt um, his or her sibling, that they need to spend some time until they are ready to do that. Mm -hmm. Have you had the situation where an apology is given and a child is not ready to forgive? And Mm -hmm. do do you give the same task to that child? Yes. So it's a similar, it's a similar thing. I I feel like oftentimes um, the child who is forgiving doesn't have as much of a struggle because, um, you know, in the relationship dynamic, the apologizing child feels more like he's down on one knee, whereas the forgiving child feels like he's the benevolent, you know, benefactor of this, of this forgiveness. Um, But, you know, there definitely are times where the offense was very hurtful and the person who needs to forgive is not willing to forgive. Or another thing that I think is important to consider is, um, and this isn't so much going to be the situation when you had a child who's resistant to apologize, but kind of flip the scenario around. So like (laughs) we have this situation in our house where one child is running to me to tell me about something and the other child is running behind him saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> you know, and it's almost kind of like a, hey, if I've apologized, then that has to chop the conversation off at its knees because I've already said I'm sorry. So we're not allowed to talk about this anymore because we do talk about like when you forgive someone, you don't keep bringing it up. That's the end of the discussion. And so, you know, that can lead to a child using apology to kind of like, just shut down the discussion and um you know i so we've had to talk about like if you love your sister or your brother then you would not want to prevent them from coming to mommy for comfort you know because sometimes kids come and tell us about something because like just like they tell you if they skin their knee it hurt it upset them and you're their confidant and they come and share that with you and i always say to my kids you know like if he's tattling or if he should have talked to you about it first and he didn't mommy knows that mommy can help get to the bottom of that. You know, mommy's not going to be tricked by the fact that um, he came to me first or he said it before you got to, you know, apologize him down or something. And also if you love him and if your apology is sincere, then you are going to want to hear what his actual concern is. Um, And the same thing would be true in a marriage. You know, like if you were really upset about something that your husband had done And you just began to broach the subject and you said, you know, what you said today really hurt me. And he said, oh, I'm sorry. You might say, okay, I definitely want to forgive you. And I do want to put this behind us, but I really need you to hear more about why that was upsetting to me and, you know, why or what we might need to do different. Um, You know, and so I think sometimes we feel like, oh no, as soon as they apologize, I have to forgive immediately or I'm not being like Jesus or I'm not, um, you know, I'm, I'm being prideful or arrogant or something. And I think it's, um, I think it's wrong to just say, I'm never forgiving that person. I'm going to hold their sin against them forever. But I think it's a little different to say, I, I definitely want to put this behind us. I don't think we can do that yet. We need to talk about it a little more first. And so 
you know, kids don't usually have the wisdom and insight to say that sort of thing, but I can kind of guide them and say, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. One way that you can love your sister, if you really are sad about what happened, one way you can love her is just to let her share what was upsetting to her, you know, and hear her out and listen and not try to just kind of cut her off. That is so good. And it's, it's really underscoring how important working through these sibling conflict issues is for our kids' future, mm-hmm. um, for marriage relationships, for work conflict, um, you know, neighbor conflict. I mean, any kind of conflict to learn how to do it well. And what I have experienced as a psychologist is few people have been taught. Few people have been given these kinds of lessons in resolving conflict. And that's why they end up on a therapist's couch (laughs) because Mm -hmm. because they haven't been taught. And what an incredible opportunity we have as homeschooling parents to be spending so much time with our kids who are spending so much time with their siblings Yes, to consistently speak into their lives because this is not a one and done process, is it? It's not. It's really not. Well, and I think a lot of times too, you know, we tend to think about, okay, well, we just need to, you know, decide who gets the car next or decide who, whatever, you know, wins this fight or whatever. Um, But, you know, another thing, and this is like so obvious and so common sense, but we sometimes forget it. Conflict doesn't actually happen between two people because there are no hearts in the air in between two people, right? Conflict is happening in one heart and in another heart. And so not only are we working to, okay, let's figure out who started it and who did wrong and who needs to apologize and what all there, you know, but the Lord uses these things to bring to the surface um, heart issues in one or usually both children that need to be addressed. So like, um, I love what you said earlier about, uh, you know, helping our children to understand, you know, saying that you've sinned doesn't have to be this like, you know, I'm permanently on Santa's naughty list for the rest of my life. Um, part of that is, you know, is is apologizing and forgiving part of the regular culture of our home? Is this something that we do all the time so that it doesn't feel like this like death blow to my reputation when I have to apologize? I tell my kids sometimes, you know, different churches are different, but I think most of the time when you join the church, your vows say something like, you know, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and that I need a savior. So, you know, my oldest three have joined the church and I'll say, you know, you stood up in front of the church and said that you're a sinner. So it doesn't have to be so shocking when we see it because you already said that you are. And, you know, the other thing that I feel like we constantly need to be rebuilding in our children's hearts, and this can be especially evident if they're really struggling to apologize, and that is just the extreme um, surety of their righteousness, right? Mm. So our kids, because I know I do this, our kids also fall into this kind of like climbing a ladder mentality. Like I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm moving up. I'm moving up. Oh no, I have to admit I'm wrong. I had to slide back three spaces. Right. And so, um, you know, this is another way where just our theology really plays into our interpersonal dynamics, but you know, I don't know if maybe I'm, I'm dating myself. So I don't know if you're listeners will remember this, but when I was a kid, we would watch um, Disney's DuckTales 
and Uncle Scrooge would like go diving into this vault of gold coins. He was like wearing a old fashioned bathing suit and swimming in gold coins, right? Um, just, just this idea of like so much gold, you can swim in it. And, you know, that's the sense that our children should have of their righteousness in Christ. It's so extravagant and it's so secure that you can throw gold coins here and there. No problem. Nothing to worry about. So, you know, uh, apologizing costs something, but we are never going to run out of that capital, right? There's no, we're not like running short. We're not spending um, out of our lack. We're spending out of our abundance. Mm. I love that. Just a beautiful, beautiful analogy. And to go along with that, something that I have constantly reminded my children of is that if they're going to try to be better, they will fail mm-hmm, <laughs> because, mm-hmm. because we don't have the ability in our flesh to be better people. We just don't. And so um, I love your reminder that sibling conflict is an opportunity to share the gospel in a real living practical way that our kids can understand and remember as they go into their adult lives. So this is just so awesome. I would love to just keep talking and talking and talking with you about this because I know that my listeners struggle with sibling relationships so much. And I am really thrilled that you are here with me, not just because of the conversation that we've had, but also because you have created resources to help families go deeper and to uh, really come up with a philosophy about how to parent their children in this way. Can you tell us more about the resources that you've created that are available to people? I would love to. Thank you for asking. So, uh, you know, I feel like you were mentioning earlier that, you know, it's so tempting to just want to have like this magic pill, like give me just the trick and I'll do it. And then, you know, the get along t-shirt or whatever. Um, And I feel like there's this tricky balance because on the one hand, what we're going for is heart growth and, um, you know, character development. And that's not something you can do with a t-shirt or whatever other strategy. On the other hand, it can be really tricky to take that leap from like a, a theology or a philosophy and like, okay, great. But what do I do the next time they start fighting? I don't, I don't know. Like, what is that <laughs> supposed to look like? Um, so the first thing that I did was I created a course called the sibling opposition solution SOS um, to just help to walk parents through all the way from the, the first module is just kind of about like, what is the mom's role in a sibling conflict? How to think of what your mediator job is The second part is just kind of a look at the anatomy of conflict. What's going on in our kids' hearts? Why are they fighting? Um, What's under the surface there? The third module is the kind of the nuts and the bolts. Um, A lot of what we talked about today is included in in the lesson on apologizing, but we've got one on um, how do do your kids know when they should come to you for help and when to work it out themselves? And what does repentance look like? Forgiveness. What about restitution? Um, You know, so walking through all of those ideas. And then the fourth module is kind of like, okay, so what do we do with all those common struggles? Like, what about sharing? What about um, tattletaling? What about, you know, all those kind of most common, most frequently um, uh, encountered problems and how to engage with those? So that's the sibling opposition solution course. And that's designed for moms 
But then if you want something to use with your kids, I've got a series of sibling devotionals. And those include lessons that you can read to your kids and then um, Bible, like scripture journaling pages for a variety of ages. So if you're like me and you have a whole bunch of different age groups, you can read the lesson with everybody and talk about it. And then you can print out the little, you know, drawing sheet for the little ones and the older ones have more in-depth questions and look up some additional scripture and heart uh, examination things to do. So those are more, you know, for mom to print and use with the kids, but uh, either one of those resources are available. Oh, they sound wonderful. And I wish I would have had those available when I was homeschooling my, my older kids when they were young, but, um, you were not yet on the scene, right? (laughs) In the trenches yet, not quite in the trenches yet, but my listeners can connect with you. And so I want to know how they can do that. Where is the best place to find you? Sure. Easiest place is just to go to my website, which is siblingrelationshiplab.com. And if you're interested in the course, there's a, the the, uh, menu item that says get help is all about the, uh, the online course. And then uh, there's, I believe there's a drop-down menu that says resources and the devotionals are in that drop-down menu. And how about social media? Are you on social media where we can find you? I am, yes. I'm on Facebook and Instagram as Sibling Relationship Lab. All right, perfect. Well, Lena, this was wonderful. I know my listeners are going to be raving about this. So thank you for taking time out of your very busy life to share with me today. Thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. To find the links to Lena's resources and other episodes on sibling conflict, go to homeschoolsanity.com slash not sorry. Thanks again to the Homeschool Moms Science Podcast for sponsoring this episode. Join me next time as I share six reasons you should homeschool this year. Have a happy homeschool week. Thank you for joining me. Happy, healthy homeschooling can be yours. It begins with one small step. Let's continue the conversation on social media. I'm at Psycho with Six. This has been a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network.